Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode of uh, Tricks and Picks. Um, my name is Nick. You might be able to see it on the screen. Um, yeah, three live viewers. That's pretty nice. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, we get a, we have a lot to talk about today. Um, the most infamous timeout since uh, Chris Weber. Uh, so, you know, the most infamous timeout in the past 30 years, basically. Uh, and of course, a national championship game where I lost $56 and 13 cents on, um, that 13 cents is really going to kill me, I think. Uh, so, you know, a lot to get to today. Um, I want to, uh, I, I do want to talk about a little bit. There's a lot. I want to talk a little bit about the, uh, college football playoff this year. Um, I will say I was wrong, not totally wrong, but mostly wrong. Um, I thought, Basically, I predicted the future based on the past. I thought Georgia was going to blow it because, from my experience, they tend to blow these games a lot. And uh, Nick Saban almost never loses to his former assistants, which, by the way, he did twice this year, which is uh, making history. Um, So Saban, too, uh, this is – I think – I didn't think beforehand that Georgia would lose this game. I did think Alabama would cover the spread, and I was dead, dead wrong about that. That was so, so bad. Uh, Georgia's offense uh, was way better than I thought they would be. Uh, this did look like the weakest. I, I will. I would have told you beforehand, uh, this was the weakest Alabama team we've seen probably since the playoffs started. Um, I think this was the worst one. Um, I, that didn't mean that they couldn't win. Uh, I still thought they were going to pull through, and I was just wrong about that. Um uh, this was a pretty good season, uh, but I, I will say I had w- when it came to the betting part, I had I had the over. What I had the over. One year Alabama didn't make the playoffs, well because they got hurt. Um, that's why. But if Alabama didn't get, but if Tua didn't get hurt, they would have they would have they were they would have at least been one of the top four teams, maybe even top two that year. So no, I don't count that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Uh, I will say though, that totally threw me off. Um, uh, this year, I think this was a very good college football season. I'd say, um, I mean, we saw history. Georgia hasn't won in 40 years. Um, the Berlin wall was still up the last time Georgia won a national championship game. And they finally won this year. Uh, Cincinnati made the playoffs, something that we never thought would happen. We never thought a non power five team would make the playoffs. And we never thought, and Michigan hasn't beaten Ohio State in 10 years, and that happened this year too. Um, I don't understand this whole thing when people get mad about college football having like the same teams over and over again. Uh, That's just not true. Uh, This year, three of the four teams, none of them were in two years ago. Three of the four teams haven't been in, uh, three of the four teams weren't in last year. Uh, So we really are seeing new blood in college football. I don't understand. I mean, that's more than you can say. It's more than you can say about, uh, you know, NFL or NBA or MLB. Uh, it, it was almost entirely new blood this year. Uh, I, I, I would say yesterday, Georgia, I think, I think they really proved to me that they were the best team in college football. I mean, we all knew they had a great defense, but everybody doubted their offense. I thought their offense looked amazing uh, compared to what I thought they were going to be. I mean, Georgia just... 
this was by far the best Georgia team I've ever seen in my lifetime. I mean, four years ago, they were very good too, but this one, this Georgia team just blows them out of the water. And maybe I owe Kirby smart an apology. Maybe he's not Kirby dumb and he really is Kirby smart. Uh, Maybe that nickname wasn't really fair. Um, So I, I, I'll take that L I'll take that L and I'll take the loss of the 50, $56 and 13 cents. But you know, what really made me sick Roll tied. What really made uh, Stetson Bennett? No, he's not the goat, but he played pretty well for a guy. No, I'm not, dude. I don't make songs about people who win. I only make songs about people who lose. That that's not how this works. Uh, and it, uh, anyway, I was saying uh, Georgia. What was I saying? I lost my train of thought. Uh, yeah, so I had the over 52 and the over 53. I, I had two over bets. Um, I actually had three over bets, but one of them I won. And when that – and every anybody who bets over-unders does a lot of math in their head every time a score happens or the probability of, oh, what has to happen for me to win this. And for a second, I was like – when they uh, – towards the end of the game, when Georgia got the pick six, I thought for a second, oh, uh, at least – you know, I'm going to lose this money line bet that I have, and I'm going to lose the spread bet. But at least I'm going to win. Uh, at least I'll win uh, the one of the over under bets. But it turned out to only be 51. I was like, God damn it, that's so bad. Uh, I was so mad about that. Um, another thing, another big topic, uh, which on, on Sunday happened, uh, the infamous timeout with um, Brandon Staley. Uh, I'm not too convinced that Brandon Staley's a great head coach. Um, he's a defensive-minded head coach and doesn't have and has a statistically below-average defense. He, I don't know. Uh, he has a top ten quarterback in the league and didn't make the playoffs. Fourteen teams make the playoffs. He has a top ten quarterback and couldn't do it with a. And supposedly he's a defensive-minded head coach and his defense isn't any good. It's like when the Knicks' defense was bad when Mike Woodson was their head coach. It's not a good look for him. Um, but I don't know. I, I think the narrative around this timeout is kind of silly. I would have punched a wall if those teams tied. I know you would have. Um, well, I, I will say – People are talking about how like the Raiders wanted them to like take a knee and and uh, you know just take the tie and you know if Staley wouldn't have called the timeout, um, you know they would have just taken the tie and the Chargers and the Steelers and the uh, the Chargers and the Raiders both make the playoffs. I think that's nuts. I, I don't think that logic follows through at all. Now I can't speak for what Rich Basaccia was going to do. Uh, but I will say, logically speaking, that doesn't make any sense. Uh, think about this. Uh, Rich Basaccia, uh, the Raiders, if the Raiders had had tied, the Raiders are the seventh seed. That means the Raiders go – nobody cares that Rich Basaccia is from Yonkers, dude. Um, <laughs> the Raiders, if the Raiders had – if the Raiders had tied – had chosen to tie that game – the Raiders go on the road and play Kansas City in the first round, which is virtually an unwinnable game. Uh, that Forget all that. I mean, it's basically an unwinnable game, as opposed to if they just move up the field a little bit and kick a field goal. 
with one of the better kickers in the league. They have – the Raiders have a top-10 quarterback, at least in my opinion, a top-10 quarterback. They're going against one of the weaker defenses in the league, especially a really weak rush defense. And if they win, they play the Bengals in the first round as opposed to it compared to the Chiefs. And furthermore, if they win and play if, – if they – so if they beat the Bengals in the first round, the next round they they play the Titans, assuming that assuming the Chargers lose, uh, assuming assuming the Steelers lose to the Chiefs. So it doesn't make any sense that Rich Basaccia would have been like, okay, we're just going to take this tie. He had no incentive to do that. Not to mention, Rich Basaccia is an interim head coach, which basically means he's auditioning for a job next year. Do you really think just because the fans are rooting for something to happen because it's never happened before, doesn't mean it's going to look good on the head coach. Do you think that him as an interim head coach would think it's a good idea for him to just take a tie and take the seven seed rather than move up the field a little bit and kick the field goal? Does that make any sense at all for like from his perspective? I, I mean, not to mention coaches and players, they want to win. They're, again, all of them are, are auditioning for a job next year, but especially when you're an interim head coach, would it make any sense at all? Uh, that's what I was saying. Why would the Raiders want to go to KC and let the Chargers get Cincy? Plus, why help a rival? You're right. Why would they do that? It's not even like they even have a grudge against the Steelers and it wouldn't have been that big of a risk. You're not back at your own 20 yard line. You're midfield. You're a couple of plays away from a field goal and their kicker doesn't miss. I I don't understand. You're taking very like, it's hardly even a risk. I don't understand what incentive the Raiders would have had to just take a knee. I, I mean, it's possible that it could have happened because we've seen things like that before, but it like, like just logically speaking, it wouldn't make any sense. Like, and also what's with this narrative that like, okay, they were going to go, they were just going to take a knee. They were just going to take a knee. And then the chargers called the timeout and then like, okay, now we're going to go for it. Like they breached some sort of code of trust. That does, this doesn't make any sense at all. Um, and, and not to mention, people do want to talk about the timeout. First of all, it pales in comparison to the Chris Weber timeout. It's not even close to as bad as that. Um, but that's not the worst call Staley made the whole game. Like, I, I think the reason it was a really bad call is because there were 38 seconds left. The Raiders needed time on the clock. The Chargers if, logically would want it to run down. And then they took the timeout for nothing. Um because it didn't work. It didn't do anything. So what's the point of taking the time out? All you're doing is giving the Raiders extra time. That's why I think it was a bad play call. Not because uh, the charger, the Raiders would have just let the clock run out. That doesn't make any sense. And, and uh, the chargers, not to mention Staley made a lot. I mean, the chargers totally got screwed by the Raiders, uh, by the Raiders, the refs twice. I'd say they, the refs made two really bad calls, especially the one, uh, not, there was a pass interference call, which the ball was, wasn't catchable in the first half and the Raiders scored. And there that later in the game, I think it was the third or fourth quarter, uh, Derek Carr fumbled in his own territory and they didn't call it. Uh, they, they called it, uh, I, I think they, they called it an incomplete pass and it was clearly a fumble. Uh, and, and the rate, the charge, the rate, the charges got screwed that play too. And the worst play call that Stanley made that whole game was not, the worst play call they made 
The worst play call Stanley made was not the timeout. That was not even close to the worst play call they made. He went for it on fourth and one on his own uh, 18-yard line. So you go for it on fourth and one on your own 18 on your own 18-yard line. You basically give up three points. If he doesn't do that, the Chargers win the game. Uh, I mean, that's a far worse play call. That's a far worse idea than just the timeout. You never go for it on fourth and one in your own territory. Like unless the game is like right in unless there's obviously you have to go for it. But like, why would you do that? That's such a terrible idea. Uh, like that's a worse idea. I think that that, that was a worse play call uh, than the timeout, I would say. Uh, and uh Anyway, uh, that's just crazy to me. But I did have the Raiders money line, so I'm really happy that um, I'm happy that they won. But it was—I mean, I do feel bad for Charger fans or people who had uh, money on the Chargers because that is a brutal loss, um, just a brutal loss. Uh, it, it, like I don't—I don't know what to say. I mean, I, I just don't think Brandon Staley is really that good of a head coach. I'm not saying he should be fired, but uh, he's not so great. I mean, if you have a top ten quarterback, you can't make the playoffs. You have your defensive-minded head coach. Your defense stinks, and you make terrible play calls. Uh, it, it, I just don't see it in you. Uh, I don't think this guy's any good. Uh, recent, uh, we, we've had some head coach firings in the NFL. Uh, I can't believe it took the Giants like forty-eight hours to fire Joe Judge. That's pretty unbelievable to me. Uh, one of the worst head coaches I've ever seen. Uh, he's a worse head coach than Adam Gase. I think he was so bad. Um, I think he should have been fired right after that. Uh, he should have been fired right after that QB sneak um, in his on like his own five yard line. That was bad enough. Um, but a, a, a surprising fire was a Flores. I mean, it shouldn't be too surprising because you know th- these types of things happen. But Flores was fired because he just had a tiff with the GM and apparently begged them to get Justin Herbert and said they went with Tua. Uh, he turned out to be right about that. And then he loses the battle somehow. And he's the one who gets fired. Um, anyway, I want to bring in my good friend uh, in North Carolina, uh, Penn State super fan. Rose the fourth. <laughs> yeah, the fourth. That, that was news to me. Nick. Yeah, I needed to bring you on. I'm, I've been talking too much. Uh, People are gonna get sick of me. I'll, I'll have to let my dad know that he's uh, John Gross the <laughs> third. Thanks for having me, though, Nick. I'm looking forward to coming on. Yeah, yeah. Congrats I'm, on the show. This is pretty awesome. Thank you, thank you. You like the you like the background. I I do. Although I wish there was a Penn State helmet on there. I don't like the Penn State helmets. The Penn State helmets aren't aren't fashionable enough. Okay, that's fair. I mean, Oregon, Ohio, Oregon, and Ohio State have the best helmets. The Jets don't have a great helmet either, but I'm a Jet fan, so I had to put them on there. The Jaguars helmets, I go I go very back and forth on them. Like, some days I wake up, I'm like, those are awesome. Other days I wake up, I'm like, what the heck are they doing with that? But it is the Jaguars. I mean, I mean so. that's a weird thought process that you must have when you wake up in the morning. I know. That every like, single day of my life. I got to go to work. What day is it? You're like, the Jaguars yeah. helmets. What am exactly. I, gonna- <laughs> I roll out of bed, and I think to myself, do I like the Jaguars helmets? Do I not do I like need- them? <laughs> It's a Jaguars day or a non-Jaguars exactly. day. Exactly. It's like that. Uh, there was that dog on TikTok, the Bones or something like that. Is it a Bones day or not a Bones day? Is it a Jaguars <laughs> day or not a Jaguars day? What about the Chargers helmets? Um, they didn't make the cut. There were only two helmets. One of them was going to be the Jets. I just picked the best one. Uh, that's pretty much it. <laughs> um, I like college helmets better, uh, which is why I chose more of them. 
Um, I, I just want to know, did you have any money on that? Did you put like 50 cents on the national championship game? No. First of all, I live in a state in North Carolina that does not allow for online gambling. Second of all, I, I illegally like everybody else. No, I, I mean, I don't gamble to begin <laughs> with really. So I'm, I'm bad at it. Um, and I, I just don't do it. Yeah. Well, now I know, I assume you watch that game. The, with the, the, the Raiders chargers game. No, the national championship. Oh yes, I did. Yes. Of course. And, uh, what did you think of how Georgia like, – like, th- th- was this not the best Georgia team? Like I've never seen Georgia play this well before. Like what it, it goes to show you that I really believe that the reason Georgia lost to Alabama in the SEC championship game is probably because Georgia didn't care that much about that game. It didn't mean that much to them. Right. It was pretty irrelevant. And for Bama, it was very relevant. They had to season. win that game to get in. That was their season. Their season. But, but, but think about this. Just a couple of years ago – Georgia was one play away from winning the national title. They they had the big sack on Tua, and, yeah. and boom, the very next play, they're they're in in they they just let a receiver open down the sideline, and that was it. Um, and 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 don't let anyone fool you. Being that close to winning it all was certainly the back of their mind, the back of the coaches' minds, especially those who were who were there from for that game. Um, and and I, I think the biggest thing was that Georgia was just more consistent. Offensive. You're breaking up. You're breaking up. Nobody can hear you right now. On the stream. Oh, are we back? It looks you like. Good? Yeah, yeah, you're you're good now. You're good now. I don't know what happened. You're just going. I thought maybe you were spazzing out. Then I was like, oh, <laughs> computer. <laughs> anyway, just just wrapping up what I was saying. I think Stetson Bennett was the difference in this. The fact that he was good, especially after that fumble, which was definitely a fumble. It was the right call, but he bounced back. He threw two touchdown passes after that. I don't think he threw a single incompletion, and uh, and that was it. Yeah, wait, wait. Uh, let me just see something for because they seem Georgia threw the ball a lot that game. Like it was the most. It was a very aggressive offense. Well, you have to be against Alabama, yeah, I but, think. I mean, yeah. Bama was even Bama was even more aggressive. It just didn't work out. Well, well, and and if you look at Bama, their weakness on defense is their secondary. It's young. It's fairly. It's relatively yes. inexperienced. So you're going to test him. Yeah, when they realized I mean, that that Zeus and that Cook weren't running. They were running okay, but not all too well. They weren't going to win the game by committing to the run. They right, right. The run, game was not gonna, the run game was not going to win them the game. They had to, th- right. they had to air it out a little. Right. Yeah, it, it, was, it was history. I never thought Alabama, I never thought Saban was going to lose to like one of his former assistants because that used to like never happen. Yeah, and, and entering this season, it never did. And, and you said it before, he's done it twice now in one season. Yeah. Jimbo one se- and uh, Kirby. Yeah. Which, can we just acknowledge for a second that like Jimbo and Kirby are probably the two most Southern names of all time? It's a good point. <laughs> very, very, yes, the two most Southern names. Jimbo, like Jimbo is the type of – they're also older Southern names. Like right. they're not names that you would give – that like kids would have. They're like names they're, – they're those names that like especially Jimbo, you never meet anybody named Jimbo. 
Right. I've, I've never heard of a Jimbo besides him. I've never heard of a Jimbo. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I It was just sickening to have – I mean, that's – I'm going to call it a bad beat to have the 52 and the 53 with the over, but it kind of sucks when you're one point away from even a push on right. one of them. When they put when they when it's fifty one because then I don't gain anything from it. I, I was just crushed by that. But you know, cr- credit to Georgia. It's good to see. Like let's put it this way: I think Georgia winning is good for the sport. I agree. But like, if Georgia, if Georgia, if Alabama had won, people we all know the whole routine. Alabama wins every year. Why do they win every year and all that? Um, you, you know, we hear that a lot with college football, but the weird thing is this year it was very different from what, from what it normally is. Um, it, they This year it was, it was so much – like think about this. There were three teams that made it, one of them a non-Power 5 team. One of them made it because they won a game that they haven't won in 10 years. Uh, and Georgia and the team that won – hasn't won in 40 years. Why are people now complaining that college football is the same over and over again? Like, it's just ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah, you're frozen again. Uh, I don't know if they have Wi-Fi in North Carolina, but. Oh, you're good now? Yeah. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Well, he can't hear me, so we're just going to have to keep going. Um, All right, we, there we go. I hear you yeah, now. Did you hear what I said before? Oh, I, 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 I kind of got the gist of it, just saying that people are complaining about this season as if it's, it's, it's the same as every year. When it's not. It's, it's it was, not. It was totally different. And, uh, uh, like, like, all three, like, all of the teams, the only regular team that made it this year was Alabama. That's the only regular that made it. And Clemson is a regular, and they weren't even close. Like, it, they, they were hardly even ranked this year. Uh, it, like, it, like, it was so very different. Um, it, it's just a weird kind of thing. Uh, Brock Bowers is a beast. I know, he is. He really is a beast. Um. I mean, that's I don't I don't know what else to go with that. Uh, Brock Bowers is a beast. Um, it, it was it really was it really was a great game. It, it was a great game. Uh, I, I mean, the score makes it look like it was like the game like Georgia beat them worse than they really did right. because of that pick six at the end. It was really just a gimme touchdown. But it, it really it really was a, a great game. Um, uh, did you did you, now? I know you watched the Raiders. Um, Chargers game, at least towards the end. I don't know if you watched. I did. I saw the second half of it and overtime. Do you do you agree with me that the Raiders would not have taken a knee? Um, or logic, or at least logically speaking, shouldn't have taken a knee, and that it wouldn't have made any sense. Here's what I think. I think it would have. It, it would all have depended on what happened in that third down play. Because let's say. Let's say they run the football, right? Let's say they run the ball. It's third down at the uh, – it's third down and at the – I think it was the 39-yard line is where they had it. And let's say they get stopped at the line of scrimmage. At that point, it's a 56-57 yard field goal, which is fairly long. I know Carlson has not missed there. It's indoors. You're not worried about the elements. But that is – it's still going to be on a pretty low trajectory – 
God forbid they go for the field goal in that situation and it gets blocked, right? Because the further away the kick is going to be, the lower the trajectory, the higher percent chance the kick might be blocked. That's that's a disaster for them. But if on that third down run they pick up five or six yards like they did, then then they're they're going to kick the field goal. I'm with you because what everybody was forgetting was yes, they would both make the playoffs, but it's not equal in making the playoffs. One team would make the playoffs and would have a favorable matchup compared to the other team. Two favorable matchups in all. Yeah. So, so, so I'm, I'm, I agree with you what you said before. I don't necessarily think that they would kneel it. Um, I do think what happened though, with that timeout, Brandon Staley brought off a linebacker, brought on an extra defensive back. And that's what really killed him. That's what really killed yeah. him. Cause he probably expect, he expected them to throw the football and try to get it into field goal range. And instead they ran it and they were, they were outmanned in the box. And, uh, and that was it. Right. It's like, if you're going to call a timeout like that and it works fine, but if you're going to call a timeout like that, it has to work. <laughs> like you can't just be like, like you can't call that timeout and then have it blow up in your face like that. Now you just look like a clown. And I, I think he overthought it. And it's yeah. so easy for us to say, because we're not in that moment, right? We're not, we're not in that yeah. situation. Um, so it, I don't know. It's, it's tough. I feel bad for the Chargers. I think that they, to a degree, underperformed this year. I think that we saw uh, this season the type of quarterback that Justin Herbert is and will be because he's only going to get better. Um, but, man, that is a heartbreaking loss for them, and it's like the greatest thing ever for Steelers fans. It, it is the greatest thing ever, but the Steelers are going to get shellacked by the Chiefs anyway. I right. Mean, I, I, I know we'll talk about this later, but I, I think that the Chiefs will even cover the spread in that one. Yeah, easily. I mean, I think the spread is like 12 and a half. Yeah, 12 and a half. The, the Chiefs will walk through this. This should be a walk in the park for the Chiefs. I mean, the Steelers, they're – I mean, Big Ben is old. Uh, you know, yeah. he might be playing in, a, in his walking boot. Um, uh, so but, it's his final game. <clears throat> yeah. I know he hasn't announced anything officially, but – Well, he he was asked, is this, your, um, is this possibly your final game? And he said yes. Yeah. I mean, he's, oh. he, he's done. So, no, he's not going to keep going. Um, I, I think uh, now the Jets, I think, I really wish the Jets would have lost to the Jaguars because I could be wrong about this, but we would have, we would, reminder, whatever, we will have, uh, we would have had the number one pick, right? Had we, had we lost to the Jaguars. See, we, we need to get Brandon on the podcast for this to be because we're in agreement. Yeah, but like I don't understand who cares about at that. You know, right? With the Jaguars game, if you lose that game, you you have the number one pick. Brandon's logic was that oh, the Jaguars would have I don't know other stuff would have happened. But I'm with you. At a certain point of the season, you have to commit yourself that it's best for us to lose games. Yeah, but like the thing with being a Jet fan is that like ever since I was. 20 years old, no, 19 years old, I've been rooting for the Jets to lose in December. Like, <laughs> like ever since, like ever since that 10 and 6 year when the Jets missed the playoffs, our freshman when we were 18, ever since then I've been rooting for the Jets to lose in December. That's how bad it is to be a Jet fan. <laughs> like, um, but I will say this, I will say this. Um Joe Jet, like with all the coaching firings and all that, and I'm not saying Salah should have been fired. I, he should be given a chance, obviously. Um, but I will say, uh, the Jets. Do you know how much? Do you know where the Jets are in cap room in the NFL for 2022? 
I'd imagine they have a lot of it. They have $54 million in cap, uh, in cap room. That's sixth in the NFL. So they have a lot of money to throw around. Um, also, they have two – I mean, preferably they could have had the number one pick if they lost, but unfortunately they didn't. Um, but they do have two top ten picks in the draft. So they have two top ten picks in the draft, $54 million in cap space, which is sixth in the league. We should – we do expect – based on that, we do expect to see results in the future, whether it's the GM, the head coach, whoever it is. We do expect to see results. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, it, it's fine that we went 4-13 and 13 this year, but a 4-13 and 13 next year would be really unacceptable. Absolutely. You always want to see improvement. And, and even if they go next, even if they win six games next year, but you look at the records area, we won two more games, would have loved to win more, but they were competitive in a lot of games. That's still improvement. There's a long way to go for this team. You have a young quarterback in Zach Wilson who has next to nobody around him to help him on offense. The defense was atrocious. And yeah, everyone's talking about Salah. I thought he's supposed to be a defensive guy. Well, it's about the Jimmys and Joes, not the X's and O's. You could have right. the greatest defensive mind of all time with the Jets, and it would not have made that much of a difference. So they're going to yeah. have to go out there and be willing to spend the $54 million. I think the top 10 picks, they need to go one skill position player and then uh, somebody somebody to help that defense. I mean, they need help all over, the, all over their defense. But uh, this is an opportunity for them to, I think, make it a decent jump this offseason. Yeah, like, like I would say the Jets – like I give the Jets a pass for this year. Like it's okay yeah. that they didn't. Like I, I, I give them all of that. Like I think you know you got to give your head coach a chance and all that. But you know when teams get worse, um, that's when coaches get fired. Like the Giants did. Not only did they get worse worse under Joe Judge from last season to this season, they got worse throughout the season. Like they got worse from November to December. Like to the point where. <clears throat> At the end of the season, the Jets were a better team than, than the Giants. That's how bad they were. Um, I mean, it, it, it's safe to say, and yes, the Jets have the, long, have, have the longest playoff drought in the NFL, and it's not even remotely close in yeah. that regard, which is uh, embarrassing. Uh, but uh, the Giants are the worst organization right now in football, and I see Thomas here saying that Joe Judge was not the primary problem. I think that he should have gotten fired. But I do agree that he wasn't the primary problem there. I mean, to be fair, you can say that about almost every bad head coach. I mean, every coach who gets fired has bad teams. Like, but, I've never – Yeah, but I've I do never, agree like, that Joe Judge should have been fired. Tom Brady as a, as, a, as a quarterback, like, and he still got fired. I mean, by that logic, you don't fire anybody. Um, it's not that Joe Judge was the primary problem. He wasn't <clears> – <throat> the head coach – is almost never the primary problem. I mean, that almost never is. The, I can't remember any time when that's the primary problem. Especially but in the NFL. In the NFL, like, if you have a good enough quarterback, you don't have to be a great head coach to be to have a decent team. Like, if Adam Gase was coaching Patrick Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers, he would have, uh, like, do you think the team would have been bad? No. Uh, I mean, uh, but I will say he is – First of all, if you QB sneak that that on third and long, uh, in your own on your own like five yard line, that is like a fireable offense in and of itself. I would say, yeah. but also the team got progressively worse under him. Think about this: they fired Jason Garrett in the middle of the season, 
their offensive, their coordinator. What happened after that? The Giants got the Giants offense got considerably worse ever since they fired Garrett. So you can fire your coordinator for not having good enough results in the middle of the season. In the middle of the season, you fire the offensive coordinator, you get even worse results, and you can't fire that, and you shouldn't fire the head coach. Like logically speaking, that doesn't make any sense. There's there's a few games that you should play when it comes to whether or not you should fire a head coach. One of them is, um, will he get another opportunity? Or will teams not touch him? If you have a case like Brian Flores where another team is going to like jump to hire him, then maybe you shouldn't fire him. Uh, that's a bad idea. Um, another another is uh, like somebody like, say, Gase, where he's not even getting a job as a coordinator. If Joe Judge was fired this year, he will he would be a gym teacher next year. <laughs> like he's not getting he's not going anywhere. I mean, that's one of the biggest reasons. Uh that's one of the biggest reasons why you should fire him. Like he's not getting anything. Uh, the third is, is he the guy or is he not? You're getting, your team is getting progressively worse under his watch as a head coach. Um, are you not just wasting your time to then find out that he's just not that good of a head coach? It doesn't take that long to figure out that a guy should be fired or that a guy isn't that good. Um, the same way it usually doesn't take that long to figure out whether a quarterback is really that good. It didn't take that long to figure out Sam Darnold was a bust on the jets. I mean, we just got rid of it. Like it would have made sense to give him another gear. Am I wrong about this? No, I, I agree with you. And, and I think going back to the quarterback sneak, because to me, that is so telling about Joe judge about it's, it's just a microcosm of, of what the giants have been like for these last, uh, whoever knows how many long seasons since, uh, since this team has really gone down the gutter, right? Like if they're at the one yard line, they're on one yard line own two yard line. Okay. Get it. On the previous play, they ran a quarterback sneak to get him from the two-yard line to, like, the five-yard line, right? That would have made some sense. That, right, right. It's one thing if you're at the one- or two-yard line. The five-yard line, you have plenty of space. And this is a team in week 18 of the season. It's not like they were playing for anything. As Herm Edwards said, you play to win the game, right? You have yeah. nothing to lose in that situation. Why not throw the ball? If, if, the, if, if it's a safety, fine. So what? At least you try. No one's going to give you crap for trying. Not only that, but it, it also like gives me okay, like it's third and long. And he said his mentality was, well, we wanted to like get a better punt or whatever it was that he said in the postgame press conference. It's like QB sneaking it on third and long in that situation is not just a sign that you don't understand football. It's also a sign of like, I've given up. Yeah, like that, like that's really what it looks like. Like you just like since when on third and since when on third down do you then QB sneak it to hopefully get a better punt? You're just this, planning this on for Joe Judge waving the white flag. Yeah, pretty waving much. The white like, flag. What are you even doing here? Uh, it, like it. Um, oh, oh yeah. Um, I do want to read one of the comments uh, from um, uh, Joe Judge's uh, attorney. Um, Garrett was forced upon Judge. Joe, um, Joe lawyer. <laughs> Uh, upper management crippled him, dealt a raw hand, weak roster, critical. Um, well, that can be said about anybody. Everybody deals with injuries. Everybody deals with teams that aren't that good. Um, my, my criticism of him is not that he didn't win. It's that the team got progressively worse under his watch. Um, that's really more my criticism than the fact that he didn't win. Like if he went like, um, Salas didn't win either. Um, but you know, I think he's deserving of another year. I mean, the Flores firing, I thought made no sense at all. That was the craziest one that that, the Flores firing. I I don't understand that one. I mean, he, he, his first season as a head coach, he had a losing record, um, because his quarterbacks were Ryan Fitzpatrick and Josh Rosen. Um, 
and he was his first year head coach. I don't fault him for that, but he had a winning record the two years after that. And he was yeah. smarter than the GM. He got fired for being smarter than the GM. Like, imagine being fired because you turned out to be smarter than the guy ahead of you, uh, above you. And, and that's the thing with, with both of these moves, with the Giants and the Dolphins, it illustrates how important that continuity, that relationship is between head coach and GM, okay? You have, in Miami, GM and head coach not getting along. Steven Ross is going to cut ties with one of them. He's going to cut ties with a guy who has not been there as long as the other. The GM has been there for, he's been in that organization for, I believe, like 20 years or so. Flores is new, going to cut him loose, okay? With the Giants, even if you want to, let's say you want to keep Joe Judge, right? Gettleman is out. Gettleman's done. So you're bringing in a new GM, and you have to hope and pray that the GM and the head coach are on the same page. It's better in my eyes if you already have a head coach who you're uneasy about, and notice how they waited until after Gettleman left to make this decision with Judge. Notice that. Yeah. If, because if Gettleman stayed, maybe they'd say we'll give another year. But Gettleman's out. You're bringing in a new GM. You're going to have a new philosophy. A guy who's they, – they clearly want to go outside of the Giants' pipeline, if you want to call it that. I know they interviewed the Bills' assistant GM today. Like they want a fresh start. They want to – GM and a head coach are on the same page. And in both of these situations, it shows just how important it is to be, to be uh, on the same page, GM and head coach. Yeah. I mean, it's, I mean, Gettleman was a terrible GM. He was horrible. Um, Like he was so bad. Um, And then he like, I mean, he stepped down. They possibly would have fired him anyway. I don't know. I I don't know what they would have done. Um, But if Gettleman had kept judge, I mean, where Gettleman had Gettleman had like if Gettleman had kept Judge, Giant fans would have just not had it. Like like it would have been like they, a they, the, the Giants would have had to offer a large soda to Giants fans to get them to come instead of the, the medium. <laughs> I've never seen anything so insulting. Like <laughs> I, 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 I something I, the Jets would do. It does sound like something the Jets yeah. would do. The Giants are now jetting the Jets. It's mean, just unbelievable to me. So we have a couple wild card games coming up. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you made picks or not. I mean, I did kind of actually, so I'm going to pick three games. I don't pick all of them because I'm not smart enough to pick all of them. Like, like it's just, it's, it's I don't want to overplay my hand or anything. Um, okay. So uh, my, my first, the first game I'm taking is Dallas minus three against the Niners. Okay. Did you, you're making picks, right? I want to make sure. Yeah, I I, I have a couple that I want to make. But Dallas, okay, so Dallas ahead. minus three. I like Dallas this year. I think the, the reason I'm taking them is a they're at home. B I think they're one of the arguably one of the five best teams in the league right now. And the Niners are too Debo Kittle heavy. Like like I think they're very reliant on those two guys. So I, I would say I would take I would take Dallas. I would take Dallas minus three. I don't think it's a very big spread. Um, D- Dallas seems like a better. This is the way they're better than three points. They're more than three points better than San Francisco. Um, uh, I'm taking the Eagles to cover the spread against Tampa Bay. Mm. It's eight and a half. Eight and a half is a lot. Eight and a half is a lot. Um, the Eagles are they're one of those teams where I think they're almost incapable of beating like the best teams. Like I don't think. I don't think they can beat the Bucks or the Packers or any of these teams, but I think they're good enough 
to at least keep it close. Like if if the if the Bucks win 31-23, for instance, the Eagles cover. And they're good enough to keep it close. So I, I don't I don't see the Bucks blowing anybody out. Um the third I'm picking is the Chiefs. Uh needless to say, Chiefs minus 12 and a half should be easy. They should win by two touchdowns or more. Uh, I mean, Big Ben is on his last legs. The Chiefs by far look like the best team in the AFC. I th- they should probably blow them out. They might even pull Mahomes. They'll beat them so bad. I mean, at some point. All right, you can give your picks now. Yeah, I, I think starting off, I'm with you, Cowboys, and think they're going to cover. I mean, they're the home team, three points. Like, that's that's nothing. That That's home field advantage right there. I think the Cowboys are – are good. My boy Micah Parsons going to wreak some havoc on this uh, 49ers backfield. That's number one. Number two, I like the Bengals to uh, to cover against the Raiders. The Raiders obviously got in by the skin of their teeth. Maybe I should say by by a little bit of inside the upright uh, <laughs> and a stupid timeout, maybe by Staley, depending on who you ask. Uh, but I think the Raiders have a lot of question marks. I mean, two of their key players in offense are questionable. Josh Jacobs and Darren Waller. They'll both probably play, but still listed as questionable. I don't think they're that good. I don't think they're that good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm with you. Waller has not been the same as this season's kind of progressed. And I think this Bengals offense and Joe Burrow, they're only getting better uh, as the season goes on. And they're they home. Kansas you, City. Yeah, and, and you know that is going to be a wild, wild atmosphere. And I saw something that was great. There has never been a text sent in human history. There's never been a text sent that said the words, the Bengals want a playoff game. They have not won a playoff game since the invention <laughs> of texting. So I think, this, That's I think they're going to win. I think they're going to cover. Uh, it's five and a half here, at least uh, on the ESPN app. I believe yeah, the UCs are sports books. So five and a half there. And I think they will cover that. And my last pick, I also like the Chiefs to cover. The Steelers, um, I don't know. I, I I just don't think that they're very good. It's at Arrowhead, as tough of a stadium as you'll find in the NFL to play at. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger's career will end with a multi-score loss. Yeah. Um, you have any other games you picked? And those are those are the three that I'll go with. I mean, listen, if you want me to go off the top of my head, and then again, full disclosure, I I'm I don't gamble. I'm not good at this stuff. So don't Nobody's listen to me. Good. Honestly, if you're if you're pro- if you're smart, if you're smart, you would hear what I'm saying and do the opposite. Yeah. <laughs> if, if you were well, smart, you would do all, that. All of it is guessing. I like 49ers to upset. Okay. Um I, I don't think they will. I don't think they're good enough. Um though it would be very it, although I will say it would be a very Dallas thing if that were to it would. It would be it a very would. Dallas thing. I just I don't think they're good enough. Um it would uh, it would upset a lot of Duke fans. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the ultimate front runner uh, combo Duke, <laughs> Dallas, Lakers. Yeah, well. Yankees. Yeah, that too. Yankees. I'm not a fan of any of them. Um no. well, you you are. I'm a Yankee fan. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's it. Yeah. I'm not a front runner though. But no, you're not a front runner. And, and Nick, you're probably the opposite of a front runner as was I'm illustrated by your by your awesome intro. Yeah, you're you're a back runner. I'm a very back runner. You're I a very back runner. The line. That's what I yeah. do. Yeah, exactly. I, I, and you embrace it. That's the thing. I am I embrace the back running. You do. That, that's what I do. Um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, we don't have a we don't have much time left. I do have to go uh, pretty soon. Um so did you see the final rankings for the college football season? 
the AP Top 25. I'll pull that up here. I will uh, say, I do find it kind of funny that right after the championship game, the AP then, like, uselessly releases their list. <laughs> like, the season's over, and it's AP. Like, nobody cares anyway. <laughs> like, yeah, well, I think that's just based on tradition, because you have yeah. to look back before the BCS, uh, before the late 90s, uh, the Bowl Alliance. Before then, it was, like, all decided on the polls. That's who decided right. the national champion, which was absurd. So right, it was absurd. Just, just but I, kind of, now, like, now nobody cares, though. Now right. nobody cares about. But so, so let me ask you this, Nick: What is what is less? What, what's more irrelevant? The end of season AP top twenty-five or the preseason top twenty-five? The preseason top twenty-five. That's more. You think relevant. that you think that's less relevant? Yes, because yeah. because at least the postseason AP top twenty-five, you're basing it off of the entire season. Right. And, and reason for it. But, like, the preseason top 25, like, what is that even based on? Like, it's based on last season and maybe some recruits, but nobody really knows. I mean, who is where was Clemson ranked in the preseason top 25? Like, like, I don't like this whole preseason top 25 anything because you don't know anything. Nobody really does. Like, I just don't – I'm not into that. Like, it just – I can't logically reason for it because yeah. – all the other top 25 rankings are based on what they've done and what we've seen. So the, the preseason is worse, I think. Okay. Interesting. No, anyway, so I got to go now. Thanks very much for coming on and all of our viewers. Thank you, Nick. And thank you to all the viewers. Thank you, uh, Thomas and Dominic. Shout out to you guys. <laughs> all right. Have a good weekend, everybody. I mean, it's Wednesday, but why not just say have a good weekend? Yeah, start it early. Why not? <laughs> Let's let three day, three day week, three day work week. Everything else is. Yeah. <laughs>